0: Heard weekdays from noon to 1.
1: High blood pressure, low blood pressure. We do know that both are not good for us. High blood pressure increases the risk of heart attack and stroke. But low blood pressure can also be a problem, leading to dizziness, fainting, and falls. Fightback's resident, Dr. Zach Levine, joins us on the line. Good afternoon, Zach. Hi. So, doctor, the basics. Let's talk, first of all, what is blood pressure and how is it measured?
2: So blood pressure is the force basically with which the blood is flowing through our arteries and uh it is determined by a number of factors one of which is how hard the heart is beating one of which is our arteries so as our arteries get older in life they tend to get a little bit stiffer and that means that blood pressure tends to go up in general uh, throughout the lifespan however Uh, As you mentioned, in some people it actually does the opposite, especially at the extremes of age. People can suffer from low blood pressure. And one of the things, and and what you mentioned is exactly right. So basically, high blood pressure uh, is the thing that most people are aware of being a problem. And some people actually have machines at home to measure and check their blood pressure to see what it's like. And that is is something that, that millions of people do suffer from, and they call it a silent killer because... You don't feel it. You can feel absolutely fine and still have very high blood pressure. And that one is associated with increased risk of stroke and heart attack and vascular disease. So it's also associated with things like if you're not getting enough blood supply to your extremities, like your legs or whatnot, that can cause you pain. And eventually people can actually end up needing amputations if they're not getting enough blood supply to their feet, for example, or they get a serious infection. And low blood pressure is associated with yeah, lightheadedness, dizziness, and sometimes people actually pass out. And many of us get this, if we get up quickly, you know, we're lying down and we have lowish blood pressure, we might get up very quickly and feel a little bit lightheaded. But in the extreme cases, people actually pass out, and it can be quite dangerous. They can, they can hit their head, they can break a bone, so there
1: this you go. Is, this is true, but in terms of what is a more healthy state to be in, having low blood pressure or even blood pressure that's on the too low side is better than having high blood pressure
2: yeah you know i mean as a uh, so so yeah in general you want something that's uh, towards the low side if that's your if that's your norm uh, Emerge docs always tend to worry more about the low blood pressure because those are the people usually with the very very serious infections or that have been bleeding a lot and who might be who whose lives might be in danger but in terms of walking around if you so i, I should say what uh, you know what's normal blood pressure in general what you want is your blood pressure. There's two numbers. There's the number, the systolic and the diastolic. The systolic is when your heart is contracting, so that's the upper number, and when your heart is relaxing, that's the lower number, the diastolic. And what we want is for the the top number to be 140 or less, and some people say even 130 or less, and the bottom number, the diastolic, to be 90 or less. And Higher than that is considered high blood pressure, and then you have to consider how to bring that number down and then low blood pressure basically is if your systolic the upper number is lower than about 100 uh, then you start then then uh, that tends to be on the low side and the, and the lower number can actually drop quite low before people have uh, symptoms, like we're talking about uh, 40, 450 or 40, that sort of thing.
1: You're listening to Zoomer Radio's Fight Back with Libby Snymer. I'm Jane Brown, filling in for Libby until the end of the week, 12.36 here on Zoomer Radio. And the callers are lining up to talk to you, Dr. Zach. So we'll get to John in Mississauga. Go ahead, John.
3: Hi. Uh, good afternoon.
1: Good afternoon.
3: Hi. Um, I want to ask Dr. Zach, please, because uh, I've been checking my blood pressure recently, um, and uh, to be honest with you, I'm not happy with it. Um, I told Doctor Zach what's my reading garden in the last four times. Sure. Um, one of them on April 5th was 1547866. Okay. On the sixth was 76. Yep. On the seventh was 13573, which was excellent. Yep. And the yesterday was 147 86, 77. Uh-huh. Um, So it seems like it's... And then I have a chart, Dr. Zach, you know, with, with all the red colors and green colors and so on. Yeah. And if I may say so, I'm taking uh, amlodipine, uh, 5 milligrams. What's it, sorry, what, what's the name you said? It's, uh, uh, it says here, CO, lo- I don't know. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Amlodipine? amlodipine? Sorry, yep, good. Is it amlodipine or Amlodipine. Uh, I'm a little peen, but that's fine. That's fine. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, doctors, uh, and it's and it's five five. Yeah. Um. To, to, to be honest with you, i'm uh, I'm in. Uh, I'll put it this way. I'm in the mid seventies. Um yeah. I work out three times a week.
2: Yep. Yeah. Good. And
3: and so I exercise sort of regularly Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Actually, I do two and a half hours. Uh, you know, every time I go. Wow. Good. Um. I'm very active. Yeah. Eat healthy. So. um I want your opinion if, uh, if there's anything sort of that I should be alarmed off. Okay.
2: Well, John, that was a, that was a great story, actually. And you gave me a lot of information, uh-huh. and th- that's one of the things that's very helpful. So, so, number one, in terms of those readings, like, as you know, uh, a few of them are a bit higher than, the, than you want to be. I mean, especially the, the first one and the last one, the 154 over 78 and the 147 yeah. over 86 are both higher than you want to be. Yeah, and the 140 over 79, the second one is, a, is borderline. Your heart rate is good, by the way, the, the last number, uh, which is your heart rate, is good. So that's, yes. Uh, we don't even need to talk about that. Uh, so those are, those are on the high end. And so, you know, if, the, if those end up being your, your average, then you do want to do something to bring it down somewhat. Now, it does sound like you're doing what you need to be doing uh, in terms of physical activity mm-hmm. to bring your blood pressure down. And, that, you know, that's the first thing that we always say is, you know, get more active, lose the weight, eat better. But once you're doing all those things, you know, there are some people who just do everything right. And, you know, I'm not a, a pill pusher, but once you're doing everything right, if your blood pressure is still higher than you want it to be, then, then medications are the way to go. I mean, you're, you're on the one medication, the amlodipine, which is quite an effective medication. You're on five. You, it, it can be prescribed. As, it goes up to ten. So some people do take ten milligrams instead of five if the five isn't that's doing my, it. That's, um, if I may interrupt you, I'm sorry to interrupt
3: you. That's yeah. my second question. Shall, I mean, oh I, well, sure, I, I should ask my doctor, but yeah. I want—I was wondering whether I should increase it to ten a day, right? I take yeah. it at night, by the way. Okay. Um, and I take—I take a lot of—I take a lot of vitamin D. I take, you know, uh, CoQ10, you know, and 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 so. You know what I mean. In other words, I'll take other stuff. Doctor Zach, it's a lot of veggies.
1: It sounds yeah. like Doctor Zach, that John is extremely healthy, and yeah. he he may just be one of these people who is genetically predisposed to high blood pressure. Because by the sounds of everything, mm-hmm. he's leaving leading the perfectly healthy Zoomer lifestyle that you want to see out of somebody who's seventy five.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and I mean up to the, even to the vitamin D. You know, that's a recommended uh, vitamin that should be adding so sounds like you're doing everything right it sounds like you might need a bit of a tweak and you know don't don't worry about it some people just need a bit of medication and in fact some people i'm sure there's some people listening some people need to be on five different medications to keep their blood pressure under control it's it's unfortunate but it's just true whereas in your case you're on one maybe the dose could be increased a bit i, mm-hmm. I agree absolutely talk to your doctor decide with him or her if that's what's best for you but uh-huh. you're definitely doing everything that you need to do and you can do to keep it under control. John, thank you
1: for calling thank in. That's you, thank a you very much gr- great Bye-bye. example of healthy living for all of us Zoomers. We'll keep uh, going here with your phone calls, 416 360 740 740 4740 Our resident fight back doctor on the line, Dr. Zach Levine, he's here until one o'clock taking your questions on blood pressure. That's coming up next.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown.
1: Is your blood pressure in the healthy range? We've got our resident doctor on the line, Dr. Zach Levine. Uh, Dr. Zach will go right away to the callers. Alma from Kitchener, you have a question for our doctor.
4: Yeah. Hi. How
5: are you, everybody? Everybody's good. Oh, good, doctor. I'm 68 and I'm doing very well. I'm 115, my weight, and yeah. I'm very healthy, very active. Everything is around. But how come I get a, a pressure in my left eye?
2: In your left eye? Yeah. So this, Elma, this is pressure that you can feel?
5: No, I, I I can't feel or I don't know nothing. But when I check because of the cataracts I had, I yeah. checked with my doctor. He say you have to do uh, what? Uh, What do you say? Laser for your left eye because of the pressure.
2: Is it necessary? Is it, sorry?
5: Is it necessary?
2: Well, if you have high pressure in the eye, does he call it glaucoma, Elma?
5: Yeah, that's what he is
2: saying. Yeah, exactly. So, and it's not, unfortunately, this is one of those things that that there's not really much you can do about. Like you say, it sounds like you're in great shape, you're active, you do everything you. I grow
5: my food, I eat from my garden, no medication, nothing, not a Tylenol, nothing, nothing whatsoever.
1: (laughs) Dr. Zach, we've got some healthy listeners out there. (laughs) I know, it's
2: amazing. So unfortunately, yeah, the the pressure in the eye, sometimes people feel it, sometimes they don't. It's called glaucoma. Where would it come from? Well, it comes from, you know, we all have fluid-filled eyes. It's just the nature of the eye. They're kind of like grapes in the sense that they have this jelly-slash-fluid in them. Mm -hmm. And there's a normal pressure. and. What happens is you have an inflow tract, so the, the fluid is coming in, and you have a, an outflow tract, so it should be, it should be uh, flowing out as normal. But in some people's eyes, the angle, the outflow tract, the kind of out valve, mm-hmm. is too narrow, and so the fluid doesn't get out as it should, and so the pressure can increase. And if it increases enough, it can, cause, it can actually cause is terrible it okay pain if it happens it? acutely, and it can also affect the vision. And so, unfortunately, a lot of people uh, can treat it with drops, but in some cases... Yeah, in some cases, it it uh, it does need the laser surgery just to open up the open up the opening by which the
5: fluid yeah, he can wants flow to drain out. out the layer this veins. Yeah. Yeah. Is it okay?
2: Sorry, I didn't hear the last part. Now he
5: wants to drain out the fluid, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So in
5: order to control the pressure.
2: Right. Exactly. So is and it think,
5: okay to do it?
2: Yeah, I think you probably have to. You know, obviously, I don't I don't know these specifics, but if you're being told that you need to do that. Uh, It will
5: take half an hour. You say it won't even take long.
2: (laughs) Well,
1: it's it's always better to get a second opinion. So I mean, it sounds like you're reaffirming what Alma's doctor's telling her.
2: In general, glaucoma, you can't. It's nothing to to sneeze at, as it were. You you really need to get it treated. And yes, I mean they're so. uh, It's quite amazing now what they can do with eyes, just with a laser, relatively painless, and they can they can cure these things quite quickly. So. Uh, I'm certainly not in a position to argue with that, that's for sure.
1: (laughs) We are talking about blood pressure today, but any medical-related questions are uh, in the offing if you have a question for Dr. Zach Dan in Toronto, go ahead. You're next on Fight Back. Hello? Yes, hi. Go ahead with your question.
6: Uh, Yeah, a few years ago I was uh, in the hospital for about nine hours. My uh, blood pressure was about 250 over 190. Wow. Yeah. Uh, took him about nine hours to get it down to one sixty over ninety five. I guess. Yeah. I'm on uh, <clears throat> amlodipine and Bupropion. Yep. Uh, first one was ten, and second five milligrams. Yep. Um, is there? Uh, I'm about two ninety mm. pounds. Uh, I guess I'm trying to lose weight and all that. But mm-hmm. uh, with with these medicines, I'm um, I'm pretty well regulating it. I'm just wondering. I hear. There's a lot of benefits if you have like red wine or whatever, but if i ha if I drink red wine or beer or alcohol, it raises my blood pressure what uh, relation yeah. does blood uh, wine and blood pressure have
2: yeah that's a good question so um yeah you're right there is some evidence um and and of course, it got a lot of media play because we all like the idea when something like uh, wine or beer or something we enjoy doing is actually good for us with it mm-hmm. gets a lot of media play. It's not a, it's not a huge effect. Like I mean, I, I certainly wouldn't recommend to people to start drinking uh, for the sake of their hearts, um, but there is some benefit, especially the, the best studies were with red wine, and moder- moderately, like I'm talking like a glass a day, anything, and more than that is okay, but anything like uh, once you're having more than 3 or more it's actually doing more harm than good okay. and like you're saying in, especially in some people we're all we're all a little bit different and as you may know some people having uh, salt increase their blood pressure quite a bit similarly uh, alcohol in some people can cause a uh, usually transient so I mean just temporary but an increase in the blood pressure so if you're if you know, if you're a moderate uh, drinker, and I'm talking again, like you know, if you have a you know a glass a glass of red wine in the evening, that's fine. I wouldn't I wouldn't stop it, and it's probably good for you. Unless, unless in your case, uh, if you find that the blood pressure is just going through the roof with it, well, then it's not it's definitely not worth it. But well, uh, in general, you know, across the wine. board, it definitely it can be somewhat helpful to decrease your risk for heart disease and and a heart attack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All is right.
1: It, is that good? Thank you, uh, Dan. Thank Thanks you for much. your call. Have Bye. a good day. Jack in Toronto, you're next on Fight Back. Doctor Zach's on the line, taking your calls. Go ahead.
2: Yes, I'm sorry. I know it's a blood pressure day, but uh, uh, Doctor Zach, I'm just curious. Uh, for a number of years, I've been getting a uh, like a bolt of lightning pain in the back top corner of my head when hmm. I turn my head to the right.
1: Oh. Um, Does that happen every time you turn your head, Jack, or just occasionally? not every time. It happens about two or three times a year. Oh, okay. Hmm. And
6: I've I've tried to figure out the common denominators, um, weather, uh, eating habits, or whatever else. Uh,
2: And I'm just wondering if it's something I should be overly concerned about or or what, because I've had a couple of doctors sort of brush me off. Yeah, because it does, it doesn't happen that often. Yeah, or often enough.
1: Should Jack be insistent, maybe to see a specialist, or should he have an MRI, or is that going over overboard?
2: Well, it's a good. Thanks, Jack, for the question. It's a very good question, and actually, it's not uh, it's not too unusual. I actually have seen a fair number of people who have had that, and uh, and the most common cause, although there can be multiple, is is something of a pinched nerve in the neck that gets twigged twinged, I, I, that's not a great word, but whatever, uh, when, when you turn in a certain direction. And so probably the doctors, you know, if it's only happening once in a while and there's no uh, effects afterwards, and it's not increasing and it's not worsening, then, then I can't understand. And, and also the doctors, uh, when they examine you, they don't find any signs of any neurological abnormalities because if you're getting, you, you do, you should get examined by a doctor and they can actually give you more information, obviously, than me over the phone. But... So generally, the reasons why I, I would be more concerned are if it's if you're getting it more frequently, if it's getting more severe, if it's if it's associated with any uh, persistent neurological deficit, and by that I mean any kind of weakness or numbness uh, in the body, you know, especially in the head or or in the arms, especially on one side of the body. Those are all concerning for that. A nerve, either either a peripheral nerve or a central nerve, like in the in the brain, is getting uh, affected, and that that needs to be worked up urgently. And if and so the, the the workup would be if you're getting in the neck, is some kind of imaging study, something mm-hmm. usually the an MRI is the best, but usually that's harder to get. Often we'll start with a CAT scan. Um, but so so what I think most likely this is related to a nerve that gets kind of dinged when you when you turn the neck. If it's been going on for a long time, there are some people who have had it for, like, their whole lives. Nothing ever happens from it. They're fine, uh, and that's not worrisome. But if you find it's progressing, it's getting worse, it's getting more severe, it's causing any uh, other signs, neurological problems, then then definitely get it checked out again, and then further testing can be done.
1: And And that leads me to another question. When do you... When do you push beyond, if your doctor's pushing back and saying there's no issue here and you feel in your head and your heart that something's wrong, is it just a matter of going for a second opinion or is it pushing your doc who say you've had for 20 or 30 years to get you in to see a specialist? How hard do you push?
2: Well, it's a great question, Jane, and and it's something that we've talked about a lot over the years uh, because... Because sometimes, you know, I mean, oftentimes people are worried and, and doctors spend a lot of time reassuring people. On the other hand, you know, there's a lot of people who never go to the doctor unless something is really, really serious. And sometimes, you know, we all know sometimes the patient is right and the doctor is is not right. And and so if you really, if you feel very strongly uh, that something is not right, and um, then, then those are exactly your two options. Number one is trying to express to your doctor that, you know the reasons why you're really concerned about it and that you you're not uh, you're not comfortable just saying it's nothing and uh, and then you have the discussion the doctor really feels strongly that you don't need something else and let them explain to you why exactly they feel that you don't need further testing and then but you definitely have the right to a second opinion you know there's no uh, doctors are human we make mistakes and uh, and sometimes we're not sure now ideally a doctor should refer you on if they're not sure like all by themselves but if you're not, if you're not, uh, you know, comfortable in what's going on with your doctor, then you can either tell them, you know, it's nice to be above board if you can be, and say, listen, I, I'd really like to get a second opinion on this. I'm just not comfortable. Uh, or if you if you have to and you're not comfortable, then you can, you know, just on your own go to a second doctor. But, you know, you have to be able to sleep at night, just like uh, we all have to be able to sleep at night, and not be too worried that uh, we have something terrible going on. And so. Uh, the doctor should be responsive to that. You know, I, ideally, obviously, we're all human, but ideally, a doctor should understand that when you're really, really concerned, and should either explain to you why, you know, try and reassure you, or, you know, or or refer you on to someone. It's not like the specialist doctor never sees anything that's not horrible. Sometimes they're sometimes they're in the position of reassuring people too, and that's mm-hmm. fine. If you need to see a specialist, then. They're there for you.
1: 416 360 six seven forty four seven forty. We still have some time for questions for Dr. Zach. Debbie and Saint Agatha, you're on the air with Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Go ahead.
4: Hi, Doctor Zach. Uh thanks Hi. for taking my call. Yeah. Um so um I've had uh I'm on propranolol. Yeah. and to me, it's my miracle drug because I had uh, migraines most of my life, yeah and then I happened to have a couple of heart attacks in two thousand and seven okay and around the same time they i also so they put me after the heart attacks they put me on propranolol
0: yeah
4: um to um regulate my blood pressure and uh, my heart rate, and I also was um Subsequently, found out I have hypothyroid as well, so I put on a lot of weight because of that. Yeah. So um, I love the propranolol um, because my life has changed, not having all of these migraines that I used to have. Yeah. um, Because I understand it's also used as a migraine preventative. Right. um, In addition to um, blood pressure regulation but um, since I've been on it, I've noticed I sometimes at night or when I'm laying down, I I, I actually wake myself up because I hear this purring like a, a cat is hmm. purring, and it turns out it's me. <laughs> oh, this this purring sort of going on in my my lungs. Oh, and um, so I I did mention it to my doctor, and she said, well, maybe we should switch you off the propranolol onto something else. But I'm so hesitant to. To do that because I don't want to go back to having, you know, my life ruined with all these stupid migraines.
1: Okay, Debbie, let's let uh, Doctor Zach answer your question then.
2: Thanks. Well, that's a that's a very uh, it's a very good question. And like you said, the propranolol is, is used for blood pressure. It's also used for migraines. And uh, I mean, the real question there's two real questions here. Number one is is the propranolol the cause of this purring sound? Um, because and then if it is, you have to what what you and your doctor have to determine is. Is it is it a problem? Is this a problematic sound, or is it just you know is it just something that's benign? In, and and the other thing is is it bothering you much? Because if it's not and the and the medication is working well, then then I would say stay on it. But if and then the other thing is 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 something else going on? You know, is there another cause for this? Something that could be uh, that could be fixed aside from the pranolol, or is it a sleeping issue? I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't sound like you're talking about snoring. I'm not sure exactly is it no. is it a breathing uh, issue, breathing, uh, Debbie? Yeah. 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 Eh?
4: It just so, feels like there's a crackling going on in my lungs.
2: Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. Well, it's you know, I I would um if if it's something that's, you know, continues to bother you, I would certainly reconsult with your doctor because it's I mean, it's certainly not a typical like one of your typical propranolol side effects. Uh if it is if it is uh, associated with it then then okay, and that's the side effect from it, but just be sure of that, you and your doctor can be sure of that, and then you have to decide uh, the, the risk, not the risk, the benefit versus the side effects. you know. If you're getting okay. mm-hmm. enough benefit from it and this is not bothering you that much, then that's fine, but if it really is, then there are other medications in that class that could be tried. In okay.
1: Case. All right, thanks for calling, Debbie. We've got a couple more here to get to um, Rose in Scarborough. Go ahead, Dr. Zach is on the line. Yes, Good morning. Uh,
5: Doctor, Dr. Zach, I'm wondering if it's right for an institution to release somebody who obviously has mental problems. Hmm. If it's right to, to release that person in the society because they think the person doesn't have is not a danger to
2: himself. Or? Okay,
1: let's yeah. quick. Uh, we we'll quickly get to that. We're just, we're running out of time, Dr. Zach. Are you okay. comfortable answering that?
2: Yeah, I'll try and be quick. So. It's a uh, it's a very uh, it's a deep and difficult question, Rose. I see it a lot yeah. as an emergency doctor, and uh, but you know the laws protecting people from being, uh, I guess, incarcerated or kept against their will are quite strong and for good reason. And and it may not be right, but we we doctors have to follow the law. And unless unless they they do not they are not able to um, distinguish you know right from wrong. They're totally uh, uh, incompetent or. They uh, they are a danger to themselves or others. We don't have the right to keep them against their will. So, it's a it's a very it's a question we can have a whole show on, and mm-hmm. I, and it's a tough one. But uh, yeah, that that those are the the rules as we have to abide by.
1: We'll put that on the list of topics to discuss in the future, Doctor Zach. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Always great to talk to you. Uh, we have left some people on the line, uh, but the next time Doctor Zach's on, please call us again with your questions, medical related questions.